Lewis. Start jump. It's It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome into this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie as I'm filling in for the vacationing WB who continues to spend his Thanksgiving week in Florida on the beaches with friend and family celebrating the uh, Thanksgiving season. So he'll be back on the program next week. But I'm in here filling in and sitting in the captain's chair delivered to you another brand new week's edition of southern race week radio as we just wrapped up as i mentioned thanksgiving officially kicking off the holiday season with christmas just being a few weeks away so hopefully you and your family had a nice and enjoyable thanksgiving uh this past thursday but we have another star-studded edition of southern race week radio coming up for you this week we will hear from the executive vice president and general manager of charlotte motor speedway greg walter to preview the two race dates for uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway in 2024. Also, we will hear from the general manager and promoter of Five Flags Speedway, Mr. Tim Bryant, and preview the upcoming Snowball Derby that will be in a couple of weeks there at Five Flags Speedway. And also, we will hear from late model driver Katie Hedinger and get a recap of her season in 2023 in the Cars Tour Series as well as all her other events and races that she participated in in 2023. But we kick off this week's program of Southern Race Week Radio kind of somberly, as we remember the legend in NASCAR broadcasting, Ken Squire, who recently passed away. And joining us right now here on the Food Depot Hotline is the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Winston Kelly. And and Winston, obviously, I, I usually introduce you with a big fanfare uh, introduction. But, you know, on a somber situation like this, I, I kind of feel a little inappropriate about it since the, the passing of a good friend of yours and one of the pioneers of the sport of NASCAR, Ken Squire. I know for myself personally, as a 45-year-old uh, man, I, I definitely am a big fan of Ken Squire. I saw a lot of his work growing up. But I know for a new generation of of NASCAR fans who probably didn't have that opportunity to learn from or see Ken Squire do the great job that he did on the broadcasting side of, of NASCAR. Can you can maybe tell some of our listeners the importance of Ken Squire, as far as the name goes, to the sport of NASCAR? Well, his overall contributions to and accomplishments in NASCAR are literally incalculable. And, you know, we could take the next 30 minutes and try to go through everything that he had done. But I'm going to give you kind of a thumbnail sketch. Among the things that Ken did, uh, he began broadcasting in Vermont uh, and when he was just not even a teenager. Uh, and his dad had a radio station. He called his first race from the back of a flatbed truck when he was 14 years old. But then fast forward, he started doing a lot of NASCAR announcing Bill France Sr. actually recruited him to Daytona Beach to help co-found the Motor Racing Network. So he was literally the foundation back in 1970 of establishing uh, what is the largest privately held radio network in the United States. And while I'm a bit biased about MRN, his work there uh, is without equal. So he's got the radio background that he did for many, many years until he went over to television uh, and convinced CBS to broadcast the 1979 Daytona 500. It was the first race that was 
nationally telecast flag to flag. Wasn't the first flag to flag coverage. That was in 1971 in Greenville, South Carolina. And guess who was the pit road reporter for that first flag to flag race? Ken Squire. So his fingerprints are on so much. And uh, so many would believe that the 1979 Daytona 500 was one of, if not the most impactful and important race in NASCAR history because it put us on the map with a lot of people that may not have watched NASCAR racing at that time. And it had a remarkable ending with two of our superstars, Donnie Allison and Kale Yarborough getting in an accident. Richard Petty came from three quarters of a lap down to hold off Darrell Waltrip and A.J. Foyt. He also introduced the in-car camera through CBS. So, you know, you put those things together uh, and, and add all that up. It's why he is not just the namesake of our Media Excellence Award in the Squire Hall Award, but is a 2018 inductee into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And, you know, I could go on and on, but if you look at the lineage of people who were mentored directly or indirectly by Ken Squire, you look at virtually anybody that over the past 25 years had broadcast NASCAR races from Mike Joy and Alan Bestwick, uh, people like myself, Mike Bagley, Dave Moody, Joe Moore, Jeff Striegel, uh, Alex Hayden, all of us, you know, learned from Ken and or Barney Hall. Ken hired Barney Hall as one of the first announcers uh, at the Motor Racing Network who stayed there for about 60 years. He never left radio. So the two of them are why the media award is named after them, but it goes back to Ken Squire. Speaking with the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Winston Kelly, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, as we talk about the legacy of Ken Squire here on this week's edition of the of the program. And as you mentioned, Winston, he was instrumental in, as you said, bringing NASCAR to a wider audience. And CBS took an extreme risk. But tell me Ken's meeting with CBS. He had been talking to them for some period of time. He was also smart enough to take Darrell Waltrip to that meeting because Darrell Waltrip was a talker, a great salesperson. He was actually one of the stars of the sport at that particular time. So Ken always knew it wasn't about him. It wasn't about the person that held the microphone. It was about the athletes. It was about the people that went over the wall. It was about the driver. Ken's ability to articulate and put the human side of these people that are going 200 miles an hour in 3,400 pound machines and how unique that is, how difficult that is. And to show that human element, you know, it wasn't just that he got CBS to broadcast the race, but his incredible ability to articulate what was going on. You know, if you go back and listen to that last ray, that last lap, he says that Donnie and, and, and uh, Kale are fidgeting and feeling their way around, you know, the way that he could come up with an ability to articulate. If a car kind of looked out at a super speedway, they were getting out to get a sip of air to keep the engine cool. He just had this uncanny ability, but he also knew that, you know, and one of the things that he describes is goes back to post-World War II, that people came back from World War II and 
they wanted something to do. And that's where stock car racing really took off before there was TV. And he lived through that and recognized they didn't want to sit in the grandstands and watch a football game or a baseball game. So he could humanize the sport so well. And that word humanize is such a, for me, instrumental in describing Ken Squire, because when you're watching him do a broadcast and there's very few broadcasters can have this ability, you felt like he was communicating with you directly. It felt like the average fan felt like you were watching a fan call the race. No matter what sport they're calling, you're just a fan of that person. And I think Ken had that thing about him that no matter what he was doing, you were just enthralled and held on to every word he was saying. He, he used very unique terms, but he talked with race fans, not down to race fans. He didn't use, you know, $10 words. He used unique phrases that you could relate to. And if you were listening to him on the radio, as I did in the 1976 Daytona 500, while I'm watching ABC, or if you listen to him on TV uh, for the 79 Daytona 500 and, and many more, after that, it was like you felt like you were sitting on the couch with him. You know, my my college roommates and I watched the in, in our TV room. There was about it started out with about three or four of us. And the longer the race went on, more came into the TV room. So there were probably 10 or 12 of us watching the Daytona 500. But it was almost like he was sitting there on one of the couches talking with us about the race and his ability to put captions under pictures on TV or to paint a picture on radio is without equal. Mr. Kelly, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Want to learn about the NASCAR Hall of Fame or maybe take a trip out to Charlotte here during the holidays? Uh, how can they go about getting tickets and information about what you have going on at the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame on the offseason? Thank you a lot for that. Uh, NASCARHall.com is the easiest place. We're open 363 days a year. The only two days we're closed are Thanksgiving and, and Christmas during the winter. We do close just for groups on Tuesdays. But NASCARHall.com, uh, please take the time to come see us, uh, learn a little bit more about Ken Squire and all our other inductees. There's There's been 61 inductees into the Hall of Fame, three more coming next year. Only four are not athletes or competitors. Ken Squire is one of those four. He, along with Bill France Sr., Bill France Jr., and Bruton Smith are the only four inductees. So that kind of shows the pedestal that this industry puts him on. I'm JoJo Wilkinson, driver number 11 with the Pro-Light model from Hueytown, Alabama, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we're getting closer and closer to wrapping up the season here for southern race week radio we'll have best of programming throughout the off season leading up to when we kick off another season of southern race week radio in february of 2024 but as we wrap up this season of southern race week radio there's no way we could have wrapped things up without inviting our next guest to join us here via the food depot zoom line and he's coming to us from his lovely offices at charlotte motor speedway ladies and gentlemen great friend of the show he's the executive vice president and general manager of charlotte motor speedway ladies and gentlemen it's mr greg walter mr walter as always we appreciate it when you take the time to join us here on southern race week radio sir hopefully you're having a great day today my friend 
It's a rainy one here, um, but uh, much needed weather, and uh, but all good. Yeah, it's always a, always a sunny day at the racetrack, Alfred. <clears throat> well, uh, Mr. Walter, we're really glad that you are joining us here because, uh, as we know, the season wrapped up already for the Cup Series. You guys had two uh, successful races with, of course, the Coca-Cola 600 and as well as the Roval race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And the news kind of floating around before the NASCAR schedule was announced was whether the Roval race would be returning or you would go back to the Super Speedway. But we are going to be doing the Roval race in, in uh, 2024. So how awesome is that for you to uh, continue that great tradition of having probably one of the most exciting road course races with the Roval race? Yeah, I mean, we, it was a vision that Marcus had, you know, years ago, back like, as far back as 2016 to do the Roval. And it, it's, it's here to stay. Um, the, the things that we do, we, we planning all year around it. Um, the way we set it up, uh, we keep getting better and better every year. You know, modifications to the car, you know, one year may make it a great road course car, and another year may make it a great super speedway car. So um, we don't change the track because the car has different, different performance qualities. So look, it's, it, is a, it is the only real technical course. I take, that, I take that back. Other than Chicago, it's the only real technical course on the track in that there's a lot of demand on the driver and you can't make mistakes because mistakes will cost you dearly. Um, it is the only place where you see it all. And that's not to be underestimated. Um, when you're sitting in the grandstands, particularly over there, uh, as turns one goes away from the grandstands and turn eight comes back towards the grandstands, you can't get like a better view in sports than, than that kind of, of action going both ways, right? Um, it is, it's, it's set up for storytelling. It's set up for drama. It's set up to be demanding on the drivers, and that makes for good entertainment. So um, the Roval is here to stay. And looking ahead to 2024, obviously you guys will have your two uh, race schedule dates for uh, next year with the, the Coca-Cola 600 during a Memorial Day weekend, which will be on Sunday, May 26th. You also have the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series race that weekend. And then in the middle of the playoffs, the uh, cutoff race once again uh, this year in the in the next, in the the uh, next second round with the Bank of America Roval uh, 400, which will be on Sunday, October 13th, along with the Xfinity race, the affordability of being able to bring a family out to enjoy a, a fantastic weekend of racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Not only what goes on outside of the facility, inside the facility, but just the surrounding area of Charlotte to take in all the beauty, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, the great restaurants, the great shopping that you have available as well. I know it's probably never too early to start thinking about getting tickets, especially with the holidays coming up no better stocking stuffer than than tickets to check out racing at charlotte motor speedway so for our listeners out there who want to get their hands on some tickets for race action at charlotte how can they go about uh, getting those tickets and getting those campground sites after you, you need to be a track general manager you're a great promoter i just i just want to sit back and just smile um for, for us you're exactly right earlier uh, sooner the better because it always gives more buying options as we get closer to the events the 600 is tracking now to sell out again so we encourage you know, fans who want to come join us to either renew or to get their, go ahead and get their tickets. Um, it's 1-800-455-FANS or the, this, the, the website is charlottemotorspeedway.com. Speaking with the Executive Vice President, General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter, in this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And even though Charlotte Motor Speedway is known for NASCAR and Cup Series racing, but you have so many great activities and so much going on throughout the track 
uh, besides NASCAR. Right now, presently, you've got the Speedway Christmas that is uh, going on right now, which is presented by Atrium Health, and that'll be going on till uh, Sunday, January 7th of uh, 2024. And then also another great racing, if you're into racing, NHRA, you have a couple of NHRA dates as well. Uh, one that will be coming up Friday, April 26th through Sunday, April 28th for the NHRA Four Wide uh, Nationals. And unlike other NHRA tracks, you, uh, yourselves, and Las Vegas have the benefit of having the four wide uh, racing, which I find extremely awesome to watch when I'm at TV watching the event. I, I need to come out one year and watch it live. Uh, unfortunately, with Atlanta Dragway closing down here in Atlanta and Commerce, NHRA doesn't come through town anymore. So if you're an NHRA fan, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia market, not that far of a trip to get out to uh, Charlotte to watch some NHRA in action and not just on a two wide strip on a four wider. So uh, that must be exciting for you guys to have so many great events, NHRA, short track racing, NASCAR, car shows, Christmas lights going on. You got movies to play as well. So even though we know Charlotte for a NASCAR destination, it's a great entertainment destination as well. Alfred, it is. We were actually talking in our department head meeting this morning that um, when we add up every activity out here, uh, you're looking at more than 1,400 days. Now, when I tell my dad that number, he's like, wait, 365, 1,400, how does that work? Um, I had a meeting in my office uh, probably about three weeks ago. And we were meeting this with some folks from overseas. And in the infield, there was extreme racing experience. And you're racing McLarens and Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Porsches. And then if you look out the other window towards the front of the, of the track, there is in the parking lot, um, one of our big partners, Coke Consolidated, was doing a, a truck rodeo where, you know, delivery guys do safety things and show the capabilities of trucks. And it's, it's, a, it's a neat thing they do out here. And then across the street, um, there was a we were getting ready for the Friday night of um, World Finals, uh, the dirt track, you know, culmination of that, um, which is a normal day for us. Three big things going on at once. And then we had a, a, the fifth floor. The banquet space was sold out. And the restaurant was full that night. So there's lots going on. There were 365 campground. But but we were talking this morning, Alfred, that, you know, a lot of people have jobs where they just make things, you know, um, or that, that it's it's you you conduct commerce and business. We have the ability to affect people's lives. And that's something that the staff takes seriously is that we demand a lot of ourselves to create remarkable events that in turn people get to enjoy. So whether it's a music festival, whether it's driving movie, whether it's, you know, like you said, Speedway Christmas with 5 million lights and almost a four mile course. Um, we have a chance that people will come here, experience what we, what we have to offer and then leave here with a memory. And um, that there's something magical in that. There's something powerful in that. And we think that demands more of us when we put these events together. So it's not just 1,400 events. It's not just great racing. It is about the ability through a servant's heart to make a difference in the life of another. Well, Greg, uh, we're really excited for what you guys have in store for all, all the racing fans and and, and, and at, Atlanta, at Charlotte Motor Speedway in 2024. Of course, go to charlottemotorspeedway.com. Check out the events tab for all everything that's going on on the track. Uh, you can purchase your tickets at charlottemotorspeedway.com. And then also the 800 number, 1-800-455-FANS to get your hands on those tickets for the Coca-Cola 600. 
uh, weekend as well as the Bank of America Roval 400 uh, race weekend. Mr. Walter, as always, it's a pleasure and an honor having you and looking forward to reconnecting with you when we kick things off in, in 2024 for a new season of Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Alfred, I am I am blessed and humbled that you are a friend. So thanks for all you do for the fans. Hey, everyone, it's Jeb Burton, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network at Southie. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio uh, podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as he's coming to us live from Five Flags Speedway as they're getting set to welcome in a ton of cars and a ton of of race fans to Five Flags Speedway for the 56th annual Snowball Derby. And to break it down for us and preview all the activities and events that are going to be coming up at Five Flags Speedway is the GM and the co-owner of Five Flags Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a great friend of the show, Mr. Tim Mr. Bryant, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. I know you're an extremely busy individual right now with you and your staff uh, getting ready to welcome in all the great race car drivers and race fans, the Five Flags Speedway, sir. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time. As you can hear, it's already got a little activity going on here. We got some teams in testing and, of course, you know, start a podcast and one fires it up, pulls out on the track. So I'll do my best I can to uh, to communicate with you guys. Hey, no problem at all. Sound you're, You sound crystal clear coming through. So you're, you're, you sound perfect. But uh, as we mentioned, Mr. Bryant, you guys are hosting probably one of the biggest short track events of the year. Right here as we wrap up 2023 with the 56th annual Snowball Derby. It all kicks off on Thursday, November 30th, and all the way till Sunday, December 3rd, sir. And I know you have an extremely high uh, car count uh, for this event, and not only from drivers all around the United States, sir, but also some of the biggest names in NASCAR. And a lot of the NASCAR drivers that I talk to throughout the season always say that the Snowball Derby to them is one of those trophies that they really want to win each year. What is it do you think makes this event so spectacular and so instrumental and important to a driver to come away saying, I'm a Snowball Derby champion? Well, I think more than anything, uh, number one is, you know, we, we advertise and hype up this event as the best of the best of short track racing. I mean, that's what we all, it's all we desire to be is a good short track uh, that puts on competitive short track races. There's a ton of short track fans out there uh, that really honestly don't give two hoots about what happens uh, on, on, on Sunday. Now, that being said, I'm a huge NASCAR fan, and of the NASCAR fans are huge short track fans. It works both ways. Uh, I think the, the the fact that we get a sprinkle of the NASCAR flavor in here uh, with a few drivers each and every year, it's simply that these guys want to come and show that they can compete against the best short track drivers. We've got over 50 entries right now. We have uh, some 66 entries currently in the in the Allen Turner Pro Late Model Snowflake 100 for Saturday night. So uh, a lot of guys are hyped up about the derby. <laughs> 
Speaking with the Tim Bryant of Five Flag Speedway on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio and the Southern Race Week Radio uh, podcast. And Mr. Bryant, this is a tough ticket to get nowadays. Uh, you guys have definitely been sold out the last few years. I know tickets are probably are selling like hotcakes right now as well. I know you're probably getting close to sold out, if not sold out already. What's the situation with the tickets? And will you have any last minute tickets available for those last minute people who do want to come out and check out the event? Well, we um, appreciate you asking that. We are sold out of reserve seat tickets uh, for this year's Snowball Derby. We still, we still will be selling general admission at the gate on race day, both uh, Thursday and Friday. And again, on Saturday and Sunday, we'll have general admission tickets available at the gate. Uh, the bottom half of our front stretch grandstands uh, is what we consider general admission seats. So, you know, we got a couple thousand uh, uh, seats there on Sunday, especially. Um, you know, we parked the haulers in the infield here at Five Flags. So, visibility, quite honestly, is not that great. If you're not in a really high seat, it's hard to see over those haulers, but we pull all of them out for Sunday's main event. So, the only thing on pit road is the team's pit boxes and their, and their, and their tools and tires and, and equipment. We do some trackside parking with personal vehicles in in uh, the infield on Sunday. And I say that to say this: really, not a bad seat in the grandstands for Sunday afternoon's main event. And if uh, people want to get information or see if they can purchase those tickets, where can we steer them to to get information and to purchase those tickets? Yeah, snowballderby.com is uh, is our is our website. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find an angle where it didn't sun didn't dry. Uh, yeah, the uh, snowballderby.com has all the schedule information, all the ticket information. Although again, the only the uh, uh, general admission tickets are only sold at the gate, so at this point, there's really no advanced ticket sales to be had. Um, and and listen, we're uh, we are 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 blessed here at Five Flags to be to have the support of the race fans year after year that come to this event. You know, we've battled weather in years past. We've had this race. Christian Eckes won this race a few years back on a Tuesday night because we have a next clear day rule. Um, you know, we uh, Stephen Wallace won the race in 2004 on the following Saturday when it rained out Sunday's event. Uh, so, you know, we've had a lot of obstacles along the way, um, but people continue to support the event. And for that, we're extremely proud. Now, that being said, I don't want people to be afraid of the weather because uh, we're hoping for uh, Chamber of Commerce weather next weekend. And even if you're not able to attend the event live with the technology of streaming services, I know Racing America has been promoting that they're going to be um, covering the race action as well. So that must be really amazing for you to see that the these streaming sites who, who are televising short track events. And I think that's, you know, and definitely is helping out in the popularity of short tracks to be able to watch the events. You weren't able to do that maybe, you know, five or 10 years ago, be able to watch a lot of these races, but a lot of these racing America flow racing among others have really helped popularize short track racing by being able to broadcast them and bring them to a new audience of people who might not be able to make it to travel to those events or be able to get tickets to those events. No, you're absolutely right. And of course, the uh, 
the uh, streaming service this year will take on new meaning with the with this early of a sellout. So a lot of folks may just opt to to stay home and watch the race. I mean, certainly we want folks here in Pensacola. It's what makes this event, you know, large crowds uh, uh, just about every night, but especially on Sunday. And it and it adds to the appeal uh, both to, to to fellow fans and certainly to the teams and drivers. It makes a, a big impact on them when the grandstands are full. Uh, so, uh, but that being said, streaming has come a long ways you know in the very early days you know you could maybe catch a little bit of video uh scrambled as it may be on your phone or or maybe on your uh desktop computer or whatever um but nowadays pretty easy uh the production is great by racing america uh, you can you can log in uh you have to be a subscriber uh well you don't have to be a subscriber to do the pay-per-view broadcast on sunday uh thursday night's event here i'll mention and Wednesday night's green flag party, even Tuesday night's kickoff party at Hooters on Pensacola Beach, will will have uh, free streaming services to the subscribers for Racing America. Uh, then, then on Saturday, on Friday night, uh, the pay per view stuff starts uh, reasonably priced, but you can just you can log on and get get it and hook into your TV. And, uh, you know, we hear stories of people around the country who are inviting all their fellow race team members over to their house or friends and neighbors, whatever. And they're having snowball derby parties, much like, uh, people have Super Bowl parties. So that's pretty cool as well. So hats off to race in America for the job they do. Well, of course, so we encourage you, as uh, Tim Bryan just said, to head on out there, get those tickets. But if you can't make it out, like I said, Race in America will have all the coverage for you. So go to raceinamerica.com for info on how to get that pay-per-view coverage of the 56th annual Snowball Derby. Mr. Bryan, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Everything kicks off on Thursday, November 30th. It runs through Sunday, December third and uh we always appreciate you taking the time to join us here on southern race Week radio sir good luck to you and as you welcome in all these great short track friends from all around the united states and uh, good luck to you and your staff and looking forward to uh, catching back up with you in 2024 when we kick off a new season of southern race Week radio sir man we always appreciate being on with you guys to kind of spread the word about what we got going on down there so again thanks for your time uh hope folks can make it down and uh you know we're going to be ready uh to welcome race fans in hey it's austin hill and you're listening to southern race week all right welcome back to this brand new week's edition of southern race week radio for you here along the far flung southern race week radio network it's alfie as we continue on in this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line. And she's had herself quite a year, and she's here to uh, tell us all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in pro late model driver. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Katie Henninger. Ms. Hedinger, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah, I am. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad that you're able to uh, come back here on the program. We really appreciate it. We take the time because uh, you've had yourself, as I mentioned in the beginning, a heck of a year so far. You've accomplished quite a lot in 2023. Your name is now synonymous with Prolate Model Driving. You had quite a year in the Cars Tour Series, finishing second in the late model division. I believe it was your rookie year. So quite a year for you there in the cars tour series. Before we talk about all your accomplishments and everything you've done this year in 2023, what was it like to uh, race in the cars tour series? Because there's a lot of great competition and not only that, uh, some big time owners 
that are part of the Cars Tour series. So tell me about your year, your rookie season in the Cars Tours and what did you learn and, and what did you take away from the year? Yeah, we had a really good year. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get a win this year um, or the championship, which was the goal, but we still got second in points um, and rookie of the year. So first female to get rookie of the year for the Cars Tour. Um, and it was a lot of fun traveling around. Um, racing with a bunch of kids my age who I'll probably race with um, for the rest of my career. So it was a lot of good competition. Um, Car Store did a really great job this year, as always, um, with the fan fests um, and making sure we got good broadcasting and everything. Um, so it was a really fun year. Um, and there were a lot of highs and lows, but um, we did end with some good um, hardware and accomplishments at the end of the year. Now, going to the rookie campaign, do you think you met your expectations, even though you finished second and that's quite an accomplishment? Do you feel like you learned everything you needed to learn in, in that rookie campaign? And also, what's it like when you race against drivers who are drivers from the NASCAR Cup Series, tra trucks and Xfinity? Because some of those drivers came in and raced with you all as well. What was that like having these those kind of those big name drivers involved in what you do in the Cars Tour Series? Uh, yeah, it definitely was fun to see um, some big names come back and race short tracks. I think it's really good for the short tracks and really gets um, us kids, our names out there a little bit just because um, the big names are racing against us. So it was really good um, racing against those guys. Um, we pretty much all race the same against them. It's kind of cool because they kind of come to your home track, right? They're on your turf um, when they come back down. So it's cool racing against those guys. Um, always fun um, and just learned a lot this season. Now, when those big names come down to race with you guys in the Cars Tour Series, do you ever have an opportunity to talk to them, uh, get advice, or for maybe some of them who have never had the experience in racing late models, do they come to you for advice and, and, and probably gain some knowledge of what it's like to race in late model cars? Because for some of these drivers, this might have been their first opportunity racing in late model cars. Um, Sometimes. Um, I remember last year when we ran a few late model stock um, car store races, We I talked to Dale a little bit, not so much giving advice um but i definitely talked with him i talk with ross sometimes about the short track stuff um but not so much giving advice but definitely talking with them and just seeing what they're thinking and their perspective when they're out there um and just comparing our different driving styles and as you mentioned dale earnhardt jr but other big names kevin harvick uh uh, uh, Jeff Burton, uh, th these guys are now owners of the Cars Tour Series. So that brings, as you mentioned, eyeballs to the Cars Tours. And also with low racing, carrying a lot of your races, do you feel like you've exposed yourself to a new audience of people who might not have been able to see you go to these short tracks, but able to watch you and maybe even some team owners who might be out there scouting for uh, future talent for their race teams. Do you feel like this is a great, great way for you to gain exposure for yourself to kind of give yourself an opportunity for other owners of other teams to see what you can do and the talent you have on the track. Yeah, I think um, for sure. Um, like I talked to Bobby Labonte a couple of days ago last week, actually. Um, and he said that he's watched me race. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that a bunch of big name guys and stuff are watching now. Um, but it definitely puts a lot of pressure on us kids, I feel like, because um, before we were on Pit Road TV, which got a lot of like people watched and everything. Um, but now with flow, a lot of people are on flow. So um, there's lots of cameras. You got to make sure you always say the right things and everything. Um, but I definitely think it is a good thing for all us kids trying to get our name out there and move up. Uh, speaking of a short track driver here on Southern Race Week Radio, Katie Hedinger on this week's edition. And, and Katie, uh, just recently you broke some more barriers as well as you became the first female to win a Carolina Pro Late Model Series at Hickory Motor Speedway at the Fall Brawl. Uh, that's obviously a big deal when you're the first of anything. 
what was it like for you to uh, get that win at Hickory? And what do you think it means for uh, in the world of racing to now see more female drivers not only compete, but also get wins and get checkered flags if you've done not only in this race, but many races this year and, and all the years that you have been racing? Yeah, it definitely was a good one for uh, me personally and my team. It was our first time working um, with our new Hettinger racing team. So that's who I'll drive um, pros for next year. Um, so it definitely was a good start to our 2024 season. Um, also, just to finally get that win for me um, towards the end of the season, my last pro race. So um, definitely was good feeling all the way around. What do you have coming up on the calendar and what are your plans? What are the expectations for you as you get set to kick off a 2024? Next year, we're going to run some pro late mall, late mall stock stuff, um, kind of travel around more, maybe hit a few car store races um, and run double duty. But um, I'll run for Hettinger Racing next year um, with the pro and the late mall stock. Now, Katie, if our listeners out there want to keep up with your progress, keep up with what's going on in your calendar for the rest of the year and everything going on in 2024, where do we steer them to keep up with the latest information? Or maybe you have merchandise they maybe would like to purchase as well. Uh, yeah, all my social media is pretty much Katie Hettinger, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and then I have a merch store, so katiehettingerstore.com um, to get all the cool merchandise. Hi, I'm Heather DeVoe, co-host of the Mics Are Hot podcast, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. As we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast and if you want to go back to listen to any of our previous episodes of southern race week radio or maybe you want to re-listen to this edition of southern race week radio well it'll be available for you as a podcast on monday at iHeartRadio, itunes spotify or soundcloud so we greatly appreciate if you head over to one of those podcast locations download listen to and subscribe to the southern race week radio podcast and once again thanks to our great guests for joining us this week here on southern race week radio of course the executive director of the nascar hall of fame winston kelly along with the executive vice president and general manager of charlotte motor speedway greg walter tim bryant co-owner and promoter over there at five flag speedway and then of course late model driver katie hedginger so thanks to those great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, and don't forget, even though we are in the middle of the off-season right now, plenty of great racing news and information is going about in the world of NHRA, IndyCar, and NASCAR. So check out the latest off-season news and information from the world of racing on our Facebook page. So like us at facebook.com slash southernraceweek, or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, and you can follow our fearless leader, on Instagram, and then also you can follow me on Twitter at Alfie underscore 19. And don't forget about our email address where you can send us emails 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Once again, just check that out at srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. So please enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week for an all new star studded edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.